I woke to the still and the dark, encased in a heavy plastic that blocked out almost all light. A dim glow pierced through like a keyhole in the top of my enclosure. I reached for it, my hands and arms rubbing against the thick plastic that surrounded me. I pushed a finger through the light source and felt a rigid metal lined the opening. A light jingle revealed a zipper at the very top. I searched for it in the dark, finding that there was no inside handle for the bag. I pushed my finger through again, forcing it down against the zipper and made an opening large enough for my hand. Reaching the other side, I found the handle and pulled, opening the plastic and letting in the dim light from the environment. I had pulled myself out of some kind of body bag, plastic down to my waist. I surveyed the inside of a bus. I was sitting in a seat near the back, against the window, and jumped a little as I realized there was another bag directly to my right. I felt my neck. Aching pain and bruising were all around it. A rush of memories flooding into my consciousness. I was at a transit station, waiting for my ride home. It was raining heavily, the light overhead providing the only visibility. A hooded figure approached, face half hidden by the large rain hood. They came at me suddenly and violently, and then I don't remember much more. Either I blocked it out or lost consciousness. Looking back again at the bag next to me, I reached for the zipper, afraid that I already knew what I would find. The hair was visible first, then the face, pale and unseeing, the life having been drained from it. I gasped at first and then covered my nose, the smell of decomposition starting to become very strong. I dry-heaved, sickened at the sight and the smell. Getting up from my seat, I started to move to the front of the bus. That's when I saw that was bag after bag, rows of people seated throughout the entire bus. I picked up my pace and slammed against the door of the bus, hoping to force it open. The accordion door whined as I forced it to the side, jumping from the step and onto the cemented ground. I coughed and choked in the stale air around me relieved that at least I was out of the tomb inside that broken-down bus. I got to my feet slowly, regaining my composure and taking in my surroundings. I was in what looked like a large parking garage. Several spaces near me were occupied by other abandoned buses and utility vehicles. There were several hanging lights, but only a few of them were lit, providing only a dim glow around the vast open space. Several large pieces of trash had been stacked up in piles. Most of it looked like office and building materials. Chairs, artificial walls for workspaces had been disassembled and dumped down here. The garage was otherwise quiet and still. The only sound was a steady drip from the ceiling, droplets of water piercing the dead silence, the pool of water carrying the rhythmic beat of a drum in this hollowed out space. I looked again at the line of buses next to mine. I had no desire to search any further, afraid that I would find more, maybe even further decomposed corpses hidden within. The light nearest me flickered, struggling to keep the flow of power to the bulb. 
many of the lights had been broken or were not powered at all. It gave me the distinct impression that electricity down in this garage was tentative situation at best. As my nerves calmed, my stomach started to growl. Having escaped my desperate situation in the bus, my body began registering its primal needs again. I was terribly thirsty and hungry. How long had I been unconscious in that bag? Left to die slowly from my injuries or starvation. Looking around, it didn't seem like there would be any source of food or drinkable water. My only choice was to explore this garage. A walk to the ramp that would take me further up into the structure. Once away from the buses and piles of trash, it became clear this garage was totally vacant. No cars coming or going, and the place looked dirty and grimy. As if the water leaks and other maintenance problems had gone unaddressed for quite some time. When I reached the next level, I found myself faced with some elevators directly across the lot from me. Rushing over to them, I pressed the call buttons, but to no avail. No lights came on. No movement could be heard from the elevator cars. It seemed like the system was completely without power, which I couldn't say surprised me. A flicker of light to my right caught my attention then. A glass case, ever so briefly illuminated in the far, dark corner of the garage. It flickered again, and I blinked thinking I must be imagining this. I approached slowly and found there was undoubtedly an old vending machine flickering into life. I ran toward it, the basic instincts of my body taking over. I pressed against the glass, looking in at a mostly empty container, except for two old bottles of water. I looked around and found a broken piece of concrete, which I promptly hurled against the glass shattering it into a million little pieces. I grabbed the water and gorged myself on it. It tasted stale, like it had absorbed the plastic from the container it was in, but I didn't care. I coughed as I finished the bottle, body grateful for the water I so desperately needed. I breathed heavily, my throat aching from the bruising on my neck. I hadn't thought about that. I strained my brain to remember the attack. It was all a blur, though, leaving me to speculate as to what happened to me. I must have been strangled, I thought, and maybe that's why I survived, my attacker having mistaken me for dead, only to wake up amongst his other victims in a body dumping ground. I shivered, wondering if there was a possibility this person was wandering around, realizing then that I had just made a copious amount of noise getting into this vending machine. I cursed myself for being so stupid, overwhelmed by my need for water, putting me into almost certain danger. I reflexively turned around, expecting to see an attacker behind me, but there was no one. Just the eerie dripping noise from the upper levels, a perpetual drumming of water echoing off the walls, as if accentuating the isolation the fact that I was all alone down here, left to find my own escape. Deciding then that I needed to press on, I grabbed the second water bottle and proceeded quietly up the ramp. The garage must have been built underground, leaving me to climb in near pitch darkness. No windows or doors to the outside were visible. It was maybe 
two or three more levels before I came to a series of heavy glass doors, illuminated by the same flickering light. I couldn't quite make out the main floor I was approaching. I walked right up to the glass, pressing my hands and face against it to adjust my eyes to the light. The other side of the door appeared to be an old, abandoned shopping mall. The subway tile and dilapidated storefronts were unmistakable. The light in the mall was nearly non-existent. It seemed the electricity had not been fed through the main hallways, but rather it was illuminated by the daylight that found its way through the dirty skylights in the ceiling. I looked down instinctively, searching for a door handle. I tried it, but felt the heavy metal door sit solidly locked and shut. There would be no way for me to try to pick the lock or maybe force this open. I pressed my hand against the glass, thinking that I had all sorts of debris in this garage. I could solve this problem. I located another loose piece of cement, gripping it in my hand. I considered whether or not this was a bad idea. If breaking this glass would alert something to my location. I didn't have a choice though. I needed to find my way out of this place. There was no way for me to call for help, to survive in this garage. I gripped the cement harder in my hand and then hurled it at the glass door. It shattered just like the vending machine, pieces of tempered glass falling and spreading across the ground like a torrential rainfall. The sound reverberated through the garage and the mall, announcing my presence with a piercing shatter. I stepped through the opening, glass crunching under my feet. I cringed as each shard of glass cried out underneath my shoe, cracking and splitting, tiny pieces grinding into dust. Each one sang out alarm to anyone nearby that someone was here. Suddenly there was a new noise, stopping me in my tracks. The sound I feared I would hear while breaking through doors. Pounding footsteps were approaching, resonating off the ceramic tile and the walls of the empty storefronts. I had to move quickly. To my left lay an empty store with already broken windows. Behind a raised merchandise shelf, I hid, looking for my pursuer. The footsteps got louder, closer heavy and strong. A steel-toed boot came into view. Long pants and a raincoat covered most of their features. This person was large, long hair protruding through the hood which covered their head. They breathed heavily, water dripping from the coat and down to the floor. A small puddle started to form, shifting the broken glass from side to side. Had they just come from outside? Is there a way out of this place? The thoughts were broken by the sudden snap of their head in my direction. I ducked down quickly, hoping, maybe praying, that I had not been seen. I crawled backward, further into the abandoned shop, as quietly as I could. The person came to the open window, hands gripping the frame of the display. I stopped, laying low in a shadow behind the papered and boarded up front entryway. A hooded head peeked into the store, water slowly running down the edges of their hood, dripping onto the stained and frayed carpet of the shop. I put my hand to my mouth and nose, forcing myself not to make any sound. Holding 
As still as I could, I waited. The head looked right at me, then scanned the rest of the shop. By some miracle, they hadn't seen me, moving back into the main walkway of the mall. I waited patiently for them to walk away, footsteps receding into the shopping center. Only the sound was replaced by something new, artificial, a rolling, creaking, rusty noise, like that of an old cart left outside in the elements for years. I crawled slowly and carefully forward, laying on my side to peek through a gap in the boards of the front entrance. I could only see the floor, but covered my mouth again as a long cart wheeled right into my view. It made long, creaking noises as the wheels turned and strained under a heavy weight, under the weight of several more body bags. Then I saw the boots, large and heavy, pushing the cart toward the shattered garage entryway. They pushed the heavy door open with a single hand, swinging it out wide with minimal effort. The pursuer and their cart victims disappeared into the garage, the sound of the rusty cart fading into the distance of the lower levels. I let out a sigh of relief, followed by a cough from the dust that swirled around me. I needed to get up and out of here while I had the opportunity. I stepped back through the window of the shop, careful not to tread on any of the broken glass from the door. I took off my shoes, hoping the sound of my feet and socks might dampen the echoes of my footfalls. Eventually, I reached a set of doors leading to an outside parking lot. It was dark outside, clouds filled the sky, and the rain was dumping in buckets down onto the cold cement. Lightning cracked across the horizon as the storm raged on even more fiercely in the distance. In my excitement and having found an exit, I rushed to the metal handle and pushed on it. The metal clanked into the door but did not open. The sound once again shattered the dead silence of the mall. I backed up, realizing my mistake. I took a few steps away, intending to turn and try to find another exit. Only I ran into something solid, wet. I turned, looking straight at my pursuer, face darkened by the large and heavy hood, still dripping wet from the outside. Lightning cracked again, even closer than before, a sudden light illuminating the figure for only a second. There stood a large man, greasy hair falling down through the hood, a large mallet in his hand. He came at me then, fast and head-on. He raised the mallet to strike, but I threw the spare water bottle at him. It wasn't enough to stop him, but it burst open in his face, catching him by surprise and dropping his mallet. I tried to escape, but he was on me too quickly, hands reaching for my neck, flesh already injured and straining under the pressure of the iron grasp. Me, too weak to put up much of a fight. I reached out my hands, hoping to find something, anything, that could be used as a weapon. I found the handle of the mallet my assailant had dropped. Gripping it tightly in my hand, I swung it with everything I had at the man who was trying to kill me. The head of the mallet smashed into his head. He released me, hands going to the injury and falling back. I was coughing and sputtering, but had to keep moving, continue my escape. I brought the mallet back and flung it at the exit doors. The glass exploded 
into a million pieces like all the others before it. I got to my feet, limping. I tried to make my way to the door, except that's when I felt a hand grip my ankle and pull me down. His hood was off then, face covered in blood from the injury I gave him. He was snarling, drool coming down his mouth as he struggled to keep me from getting away. I brought back my other foot and hammered it down on his face. He didn't let go. Again and again, I smashed my foot into his face, till finally I hit him on the bridge of his nose, and a decisive snap rang out in the hallway. He released me, hands going to his nose and losing all interest in pursuing me. I got up quickly, running in my bare feet against the broken glass. I ignored the pain as my feet were sliced and cut on the shards. Then I was out the door and into the torrential downpour of the outside. I kept running, feet splashing in large pools of water. Once I was at least a hundred feet away, I looked back, a lone figure standing in the doorway, hood up, a bloodied hand on his nose. He turned and disappeared into the abandoned mall, out of sight, and resigned to let me escape. I ran to the freeway that ran along the mall and flagged down a car. It was only at the hospital later, in a conversation with the police, that I found out I had been taken two days prior, that my family had reported me missing when I hadn't shown up at home. They searched the mall but could not find the perpetrator. As far as I know, this was classified as a serial killer, only the killing stopped after I managed to get away. The authorities marveled at my escape, that I'd managed to get away from being entombed in the depths of the crypt the madman had constructed. I didn't think much of the accolades. In fact, despite them, I still see him in my dreams on those rainy nights when I'm all alone. He'll always be with me, lingering in my thoughts and perhaps always pursuing me. And because he was never caught, he may be pursuing you too. Except you'll never know it till it's too late. <laughs>